Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. And welcome back. We're going to talk about something right now that I'm going to be bold and say could change your life, really could change your life for the better. And if you're one of those people that feel that you're stuck, like, I don't know why I haven't moved forward in my life or I'm stuck in this relationship and it's not the best one, but I, I just don't know why I, I, I haven't changed that. Or maybe you keep meeting the same types of people and they don't serve you. Uh, it's called limiting beliefs. Potentially, that's what's happening. Two words, limiting beliefs. And she helps people with that all the time with all different modalities, including hypnotherapy, energy work, and so much more. And she's back with us, Dr. Cecilia Cervantes from myquantumheal.com. Cecilia, welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing really wonderful today. Yeah. It's good to have you back. It's, it's amazing that we learn so much about ourselves when we have you with us. And for a lot of people, they can't figure it out. Like, why don't I take the next step? Why am I afraid to move forward and get that job or accept that position or leave that job? Yes, fear comes into play. That's normal. But many times that fear is amped up from what's called a limiting belief. Why don't we explain that right there? What is a limiting belief? A limiting belief is something that, well, it does hold you back. It's something that you believe about yourself and you may not be aware of it. And you don't believe that you're good enough or that you can do certain things or that you're, you um, deserve certain things for yourself. And these limiting beliefs um, get in store, uh, instilled in you at a very young age, uh, typically, when you're young and maybe when you're even nonverbal. And you, and you don't realize that that's happening. Um, hmm. And that could yes. start as early as you know, two, potentially, right? Even younger. And, and for those of you who believe this, it could even come from a past life or um, generational. It can be carried through generations. We are not good enough. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not good enough. Going to make one adjustment here, your microphone. Sounded great a moment ago before we got on. I would just move it. Try it, try it right there. How's that? Perfect. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yeah, I've heard that too about past lives. Even when you're in your mother's womb that you could have experienced or maybe heard something that, you know, yes. you internalize something and that has that has held you back literally from, from moving forward. Yeah, you could have internalized something that wasn't even meant for you but you took it to be true for you. And so it's a belief that, that you carry subconsciously throughout your life, and you may never know that it's there, but it keeps you from moving forward in certain situations, maybe in your love life, in your, in your health, in your business, anywhere. Is it safe to say that we all, we all have limiting beliefs? We do. We all, we, we you know, we absorb things, throughout our life and they can become limiting beliefs for sure. Um, we are not always, you know, feeling that confident about certain things that we do. Maybe we don't think we're smart enough. Someone may have told us along the way, you know, you just can't figure it out. You're not smart enough, whatever. And we carry that with us and we never, we can never satisfy ourselves. Maybe we satisfy other people and say, oh, you're so smart. And you'll say, no, nah, I'm not really. I, you know, I wish I were smarter, but I, I'm not that smart. You mm. know. 
It's like when you look at somebody and you admire them, and let's say you're an introvert, you're a more quieter person, a little reserved, and you look at somebody and they just bring it on. Everything's great. I don't worry about anything. Yeah, something comes up, I'll take care of it. I've got the courage. I've got the confidence. It's all good. But that doesn't mean that they don't have limiting beliefs otherwise. They could have a belief that they, you know, body image, you know, they they may never talk about it but they could have things holding them back. They could have personal issues that we don't know about. So yeah, I I agree with you. I really think that somehow we all have limiting beliefs, whatever they are, you know, and, and those limiting beliefs are literally limiting you from moving forward or doing the things you want to, or feeling fulfilled in your life. When you take somebody back and you've done, you've done it for me with timeline therapy, do people realize the moment in the therapy or the work that you do where the belief came from, the limiting belief, does that happen at some point? Yes, it does. Or they they realize that they have the limiting belief that, oh, that's really what's been there all along. Uh, yes, they can discover when it happened, but uh, it's something that uh, repeats itself until you finally get it and move on. So the mm-hmm. important thing is to realize that it's there. A lot of people have limiting beliefs around money. How many times have you heard that? You can hear what people's limiting beliefs by the words that they use about themselves. Like, oh, I'll never be rich. Oh, well, why not? What's what's wrong with being rich? Well, you know, money money is dirty or money is evil. That's a belief. Yep. And then you never make enough money and you wonder why. Because you believe that it's an evil thing to make money. Let's look at that for a moment. Centering on the money example. You could have heard from your parents, and this is a classic, depending on your generation, but I think we can relate to it, where you would hear, money doesn't grow on trees. You got to be careful. Don't waste your money. We can't afford that. Yeah, I'm talking as a kid. You know, you're in the store. Mom, can I have this? We can't afford that. Those things could be ingrained in you, and that's holding you back now as an adult from making money. And then you would say the opportunity comes up for you to make money and then you push it away and you don't even know you're pushing it away. I think that's the, 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 the amazing part that we're just derailing ourselves from those limiting beliefs. Yeah. It's, it's a a kind of a form of self-sabotage. We fight ourselves. We are, we can be our own worst enemy and not realize it. It's because of the beliefs we hold and we keep ourselves from opportunities because of these beliefs. It's true. Yeah. Um, How does it work when you take somebody back to that time where they have the aha moment and they realize, oh, okay, where do you go from there? Well, you know, when they go there, they realize they get the learnings. So what did I need to learn from this? Hmm. What did I need to learn here so that I can move on and then I can believe that I can make money if I want to make money, that I can be successful? Yeah. Without these beliefs, you can move on and you can be successful and you can have money and keep money and hold on to it rather than it running through your fingers. There are people who win the lottery, right? Millions of dollars. And within a year, all that money is gone. Mm. They never believed they could keep it. Ah, oh, yeah. I was just going to say, you hear those stories all the time where people are broke in a year and their life never turned out to be fantastic and amazing as you think it would be. These stories is more times, many more times than not when people win 
or come into a lot of money. Is it because they derailed themselves with that limiting belief? They do. They do. They may think, you know, I'm not someone who's really meant to have this kind of money. And they may give it away, some of it. They may spend it all at once. They never learn how to manage money or handle money because they've they've kept away from it. They, they're afraid of it or whatever. And so they never learned that, well, you know, you can spend some and you can save some and, and, you know, keep some for later on in life. And so that you always have it, let it grow for you, let it work for you. But if money is evil to them or it's money, they're not the kind of people, quote unquote, that are meant to have money, they won't hold on to it. And we're not talking about people lacking financial management skills. We're talking about people that invariably, because of their limiting belief, it's almost like for those people that money is a, a germ. And I got to, I got to, I got to stay away from that money. Got to stay, you know, not consciously. It just happens that way where, like you said, they, they give it away or they spend it or they, they push it away when obviously you would not want to do that, but they don't even know that they're doing it because of their limiting belief from way back. Exactly. And so there's no balance there. You know, there's a lack of balance in handling and managing money and believing that you can have it and that that you even deserve it. You know, if you work mm. hard, of course you deserve to keep your money. And you need to learn how to manage money. Money is really energy and it's an exchange of energy. There's nothing evil about it. People make it evil by the way they use it, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But money in and of itself is, um, is not evil. It's not alive. How could it be evil? Well, like you said, it's energy. And I've often heard that you should create a relationship with money. Almost visualize it sitting at your, your dining room table. And there's a place setting set for it. I know it sounds silly, <laughs> but... To embrace it in that way, psychologically, you know, even when nobody's around, you know, talk to money and feel more comfortable about it. The one thing you you made me realize, Cecilia, is when it comes to working on limiting beliefs, I always thought that you needed to be fully hypnotized. And I have been before we met, and it was beneficial in many different ways. But in working with you, I found that it's you don't have to be hypnotize. If you don't want to be, that's fine. Um, because you're able to let somebody realize something just by the language that you use and the way we visualize in our mind during a session. Exactly. You know, when you're doing timeline therapy, you're in a light state of relaxation. Mm -hmm. So it might be considered a light state of hypnosis, but you are, you're, you know, you're able to talk back and answer questions. You're not in this deep state of hypnosis and you you know everything that's being said you're conscious of it and what we're creating is integration between the conscious mind and the unconscious mind because the unconscious mind holds all these emotions and beliefs deep inside until you're ready to deal with them so when they come to the surface now you're not uh, you're not uh, almost asleep in or in a deep hypnotic state and you're able to consciously integrate it. So there's conscious, un- unconscious integration, which mm. is wonderful. You could say that I was in a mild hypnotic state when we worked together. I didn't even realize it. I got to tell you, I that it, it, we were just talking, going back and forth. I have been in a hypnotic state. And I know that sounds for some people like, oh, whoa, whoa. No, it was, 
I was more plugged into my mind and memories. Why, I don't know. I guess it's the way the person used their language, the practitioner, and that was all fine. It was great. Um, but the way you did it, I, I didn't even feel like I was even close to that. Um, but I was because I saw images when you asked me certain things. Uh, like we were working on negative language or, or negative emotions. Uh, I was easily able to see the first time you were sad, the first time you were angry, all of those it took a little thinking, but I was there. I saw it in my mind. So I guess in a way I, w- I would have been hypnotized and maybe a light, very light state. Um, is that the norm when you work with somebody? And how do you make that decision? You know, let's say somebody has a challenge. You realize it's probably a limiting belief. How do you make a decision as to what modality to use for that person? It really depends on how able that person is to, to um, associate into their emotions. Some people are very dissociated with their emotions. Hmm. They they are they can't can't feel very easily. You know, they're kind of more a little more robotic or what have you. A lot of people in the tech industry are that way. They you know they you know when they, you talk to them, very they're very much in their head. They're very logical. Everything's yeah. very logical, and you never hear any uh, talk of emotions from them. They don't know how they they keep themselves from really delving into their emotions. It might be a protective mechanism or whatever, or just or just the way they were raised. Um, and so, which technique I use depends on whether they can reach those emotions easily or not. Hmm. You don't even have to be in the tech world. You could just be a very close emotional person. Yeah. 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 Some people are just very much in their heads. You know, they, they, it's not easy to, for them to know what they're feeling. You know, they're, they just don't live there. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that, of course. But yeah. we, we do need to know what are the emotions that are prominent um, that are keeping you from moving forward in your life with your emotions, with your limiting beliefs. Some limiting beliefs are attached to certain emotions as well. So we need to know what, what's there that, that, that's keeping you back. Can you give an example of a limiting uh, belief that's attached to emotion? Uh, let's see. Um, attached to an emotion? Well, uh, something like I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm not lovable, and that could be attached to um, hmm. to fear, fear of contact with others. You know, uh, fear keeps us from many things, and so that if you want to not be connected to people, it it could be a belief that you're not lovable, and so you don't you're not good in relationships. You know, interesting that you you said that. You know, it's a, a cliche that guys have commitment phobia. They're afraid to commit sometimes in relationships. That can be a limiting belief right there. Mm-hmm. Maybe they suffered a loss when they were a kid. Maybe a parent passed away. This is all hypothetical. And they're afraid of getting deeper involved because they're afraid they could lose it. That person, exactly. that could be a limiting belief there for, for commitment. Or they could have been abused or they could have been abandoned and uh, they never want to be that vulnerable again. You know, True. if I fall in love with someone and they leave me, that could destroy me. I don't want to go there. Hmm. Yeah, uh, there's so many of them. <laughs> and you must have dealt with lots of them in working with people. Uh, 
Have, have anything stand out in your mind, a limiting belief that somebody had? Uh, again, this is all yeah, confidential. We don't, we don't name anybody, but anything in your mind that somebody had a limiting belief? Well, uh, this is one that also a lot of people have. It's like, I can't, I can't lose weight. You know, I'm, I can't lose weight. I've had several people like that. And one, one person who believed that he, he was meant to, you know, because of his genetics, he wasn't ever going to lose weight. And he was told that you'll always be fat. <laughs> wow. Which it wasn't, wasn't true. And at one point in his life, he went off to a, a camp for a few weeks and he lost a bunch of weight and he looked great. He was exercising. He was eating right. And so it wasn't true. And he had proved it to himself, but he still continued to hang on to that belief until we worked it out. It's like you, you can be whoever and whatever you want to be, but you have to believe it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And if something's standing in the way, you're not. I mean, there's just no way you can get past that. How long does it usually take? I know this is probably a question you get a lot of times, but working with somebody to ensure that you've taken that limiting belief out of them, is it, I'm sure it can be in one session, but what's the average in terms of the number of times somebody has to work with you to really eradicate that, that negative belief? Well, number one, they have to really want to get rid of it. So there's that. Uh, you really want to, to deal with this and to solve it once and for all and move on in your life. If you have any secondary gain around anything of these beliefs, any of these beliefs, then it may not go away. But generally, you know, what I recommend with people is to do a full breakthrough session, which could take up to 10 hours. And that could be divided up into various visits. Hmm. But we go down uh, every alley. We look at everything. I spend a lot of time talking with them, and through their language, you can I can tell, you know, where 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 they're at with these things, and have we fully dealt with it? Uh, and there's tasking involved also. We're creating new habits, and we have to be dedicated to take the action to continue those new habits as well. When you said secondary gain, what do you mean by that? Well, that they get something out of it, you know. Um, hmm. uh, they, it may be a relationship, you know. Uh, if you are needy, some people will stick around because they feel like they should be taking care of you. And then, so that's a little bit of secondary gain. It's like, I'm not going to get better because if I get better, then I have to, uh, you know, I may have to go out and work and make my own money or whatever, you know, or I have to, if I get so much better with my health issue, uh, I may have to come off disability or, and then I'm not getting that money uh, from the government anymore. And I've got to really be on my own and, and take responsibility. And so there, those, those are secondary gains. Gotcha. Okay. So it really, what it sounds like you're saying, Cecilia, it, is, it has to be a sincere, genuine want to move forward with something. There can't be something else connected to it. Exactly. Hmm. Okay. You have to want to move forward and feel that you are really done with that and that you are going to take the action. Sometimes we get lazy, you know, I don't want to have to, now I have to go to work like everyone else you know, or whatever, or this person, you know, isn't going to be there to provide me with money or 
support of some kind. So right. People stay in relationships for the wrong reasons. And sometimes those relationships are abusive. Yep. Yep. Same thing with somebody, like we talk about, somebody has a limiting belief that they can't make money. Uh, you could work on that and you could change their belief. But like you just said, if somebody turns around and says, Man, I don't really feel like going to work tomorrow. I don't really want to work. Well, it's not going to, you're not going to make money. You'll, you'll, you're not going to make the money you want to make once you re release that belief. You could take it out, but if you're not going to do the work on the other side, it's not like you're going to open the mailbox and there's going to be a check in there for you. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. You have to take responsibility for your life and for everything that happens in it in order to move on. If you're going to leave, live in effect of other things and other people, other situations, then you're not empowered. And you have to be ready for that empowerment, which carries with it some responsibility. What was the first modality that you learned when you realized that you wanted to help people? Uh, the first modality? Was it hypnotherapy? I learned some hypnotherapy. And I realized that hypnot it wasn't enough that I really needed to go deeper. It's like, what are these things that are keeping people behind? Why do they have these emotions? Why don't they know what keeps them back? You know, they tell me they know what to do, but they just don't do it. Why not? What's behind all of that? And so I realized I needed to go deeper and I knew about NLP and I wanted to learn it for that reason. I said, I need to learn this. I've learned everything else. I've learned about acupuncture, herbalism, nutrition. I know what to tell them what to do, but if they still don't do it for some reason, there's something else there. Got it. Which gets us back to limiting beliefs, I guess. Yes, and and negative emotions. Mm. It's like, why don't you want to move forward? What is keeping you? What in your mind is buried so deep, you don't even know it's there? Right. When you're taking somebody back to discover that, do they do they actually find it? Do they actually see the moment that they got that limiting belief? Does that often happen? It often does happen. Okay. You know, and they may not find exactly the first time sometimes we have to go further back but we don't do it uh, in that the process of going further back to really find that first belief is is as you remember in position number three where i kept sending you further back and further back and oh, yeah. further back because <laughs> oh, yeah. eventually you get to that that first event yeah. we don't always notice it but Something comes up and, and we think, well, that was probably the first thing I remembered. And we're still kind of in our head. But we are really dealing with the unconscious mind. The unconscious mind holds all these events. And it's buried so deep sometimes. You don't always see it. You don't always see it. But if we have you travel further back in your timeline far enough, you will capture it. It's like throwing a big net. Yeah. Well, when you did it in what was called position three in timeline therapy, you had me going back and back and back. I got to a point where I didn't see anything else that was the starting point of that negative emotion that we were working on at that moment. Uh, was that the first one? I think so. Because I don't see any others. But, you know... I would have to believe it is if I'm not seeing others there, you know, within my timeline. Yes. And the important thing is to get there one way or the other. This process allows you to trust your unconscious mind, trust yourself. We are integrating the conscious unconscious mind. Mm. And through the through that integration process, 
we get access to the higher conscious mind. That's the important thing. I got to tell you, it was kind of fun in that I was challenging myself to see how far back I could go in terms of trying to find that emotion that you told me to look for the first time. It, it was it was it was a challenge, you know. Just thinking, okay, let me. I see myself as a kid at this age. I see myself there. Now I'm all the way back. You know, I even saw where I was growing up. You know, place I was living in at that time. Very visual, very vi- very vivid. Um, but yeah, I always wondered, did I go back far enough? Am I because that that's the pinnacle moment? And I guess we should share with everybody. Once you remove that moment, all the others go away. We didn't say that, but that's the truth, right? Because they're all strung together. Yeah. Under a subject, like all the, all the anger, all the sadness, all the fear, all the guilt. And so like a string of pearls, we, we just bust it up and they all fall apart. Yep. And it's not to say that, let's say you're working on, uh, anger. First time you felt anger, uh, doesn't mean you're not going to get angry down the road, but you're going to deal with it in a much different way. Appropriately. Appropriately, yeah. Manageable, manageable. Manageable. And and be in control of it. Because, you know, let's say you went back to the first time you were sad. Now you might get sad because you had that 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 um, that that belief of when it first happened. Um, you react differently. Uh, yeah. For me, I guess time, time tells. You know, you don't know until you confront it again. But uh, I truly feel it was beneficial from you taking me back. It was like super cool. I tell everybody. I'm telling you now, <laughs> uh, if you want to get rid of those limiting beliefs, the stuff works and it's not hard to do. It's not scary. It's actually very interesting. Uh, when you get it literally, I really mean this literally when you get inside your head, she's not getting inside your head. It's your head. And the other thing is we never even talked about those situations when I was a kid that I, I saw for the first time. You had no idea. But to me, that's the amazing part. During hypnotherapy, I describe those situations, um, you know, different different type of um, therapy, but yep, very cool. Uh, MyQuantumHeal.com is the website. And Cecilia, always great talking with you. And this stuff, this is it. This is what, what everybody needs to know in terms of trying to figure out why they do what they do or don't do what they do, right? It changes your life. And it puts you on a fresh path. Yep. And you're allowed to, you're you able to unload all that heavy, heavy, heavy stuff that you've been carrying with you all your life. It, it is, it lightens you up and allows you to realize that you can do whatever you want. And it's, it's all up to you. And you're fully in control not to say, of your life. Not to say that you weren't before, but your subconscious was really in control of you. And not always a good thing. Not always a good thing. Not always a good thing. And then you want to develop that relationship with yourself and that trust in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And you get it when you're, you're more connected with yourself through uh, different, these different modalities. Cecilia, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. And uh, looking forward next time we talk. Sure thing. Have a great week. You thank too. you. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Hi, this is Terry Crews, actor, former football player, game show host, father of five, and all-around big dude. I'm also an expert on drama. I know all kinds of drama. 
There's the good kind that comes with having a house full of kids. There's the bad kind like season-ending injuries. There's the necessary kind like having an agent in Hollywood. And there's silly drama like the drama around my percolating pectorals. And then there's the drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your high school diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. Or text DIPLOMA to 97779. Message and data rates may apply. Reply STOP to opt out. That's DIPLOMA to 97779. And leave the drama to actors like me. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council.